Welcome, dear friends and listeners, to The Quandary Vault, a podcast for the hopelessly inquisitive. I'm your host, Anthony, your guide through the shadows where folklore and legend intersect with science and the paranormal. In the quaint town of Bladenboro, nestled amidst the North Carolina Piedmont Plateau, a dark nightmare unfolded in the winter of 1954. The chilling tale of a vampire beast that tortured the small town for a week, leaving multiple dogs drained of their blood and people scared for their lives. Let's step into the quandary vault and see what we can find. As the story goes, the first ominous encounter occurred on December 29, 1953, when a local woman, drawn by the distressed barks and whimpers of her neighbor's dogs, witnessed a large, cat-like creature disappearing into the night. Two days later, the true horror began. New Year's Eve marked the gruesome discovery of two dogs on a farm, their lifeless bodies drained of blood. The Bladenboro police chief was summoned to the scene, initiating a series of events that would plunge the town into fear and uncertainty. Reports flooded in from across the county. Dogs and other animals attacked, bodies drained of blood, and a mysterious cat-like creature lurking in the shadows. In the following days, witnesses described an animal like a bear or a panther, standing about three feet tall with a face resembling that of a cat. The swamps echoed with haunting screams likened to, and I quote, a woman with a knife stuck in her back. There was another report of a woman going outside in response to what sounded like a whimpering dog, only to be met face to face with the beast. The creature lunged toward the woman, but was scared off by the sound of her husband coming out of the house. As the animal death toll rose, and the encounters with the beast escalated, the town was on edge, and the hunt for the vampire beast was about to begin. Over the next week, the small town of Bladenboro was inundated with thousands of hunters that flocked to the area to try and capture the vampire beast. Search parties and hunting groups, including one led by the police chief and his dogs, scoured the area, including the neighboring swamps. The scene quickly got out of hand. There were rumors that some hunters were planning on using dogs as bait to lure out the beast. This idea thankfully never happened. At one point, there were well over a thousand hunters in the area, and the police chief had to call off the hunt for the safety of the hunters, or else someone was going to get shot. The chief declared that unless more animal deaths happen, the hunt was officially over. A few days later, a farmer found a bobcat struggling in a trap. The cat was killed and displayed in the local paper by the mayor and declared as being the strange vampire beast. Finally, the end of the nightmare. Or is it? I don't know about you, but I have a few questions. Chiefly, were a thousand plus hunters really outfoxed by a bobcat? Did the locals not recognize a bobcat? Uh, Do bobcats bleed out animals and just leave them there? I and many others since 1954 have questions. Let's look at some of the scientific possibilities that might help us explain this odd situation and the vampire beast itself. As the photo from the 1954 newspaper shows, the vampire beast has a practical answer grounded in zoology. It was just a bobcat. We could just stop here since this was the official answer given by the town's mayor, but for many, a bobcat alone doesn't answer all of the questions that surround this incident. There are theories that the beast may indeed be a wild animal, just not a bobcat, or at least not the bobcat shown in the famous photograph. It's plausible that an unfamiliar animal, a misguided migratory creature that accidentally made its way into the area, sparked the touch paper of panic. 
An out-of-place, say, coyote could come across as a bizarre cat-like creature to those unfamiliar with it. A coyote could also explain the, again, and I quote, a woman with a knife stuck in her back, shrieking sound that many heard during that fateful week. Pathology suggests that disease or illness could explain the mystery. Diseases like rabies or CWD in deer can dramatically alter an animal's appearance and cause it to behave very strangely, including becoming insatiably violent. A diseased animal attack could explain the beast's unrecognizable appearance and why the dogs were left behind and not eaten. This theory even brings our bobcat friend back into the mix. A bobcat with a disease like rabies could come across as an alien cat-like beast when confronted. However, from the albeit conflicting stories surrounding the Bladenboro bobcat, none of them mention the animal being diseased. With the zoological and pathological explanations out of the way, let's explore some of the psychological phenomena that might be at play here. Mass hysteria and the idea of a social contagion are very real and may help to explain Bladenboro's week of hell. Once an initial alarm is sounded, in this case the sighting of a strange cat-like creature, given enough credibility, panic sets in and the herd mentality takes over. For Bladenboro, the credibility came with the discovery of the dead dogs. Couple this with the fact that Bladenboro is a pretty small town, word spreads fast, and if one town elder or respected official becomes spooked, good chances the entire town becomes spooked. As always, science does a good job of getting us close to the most likely explanations for this and many other mysteries. Occam's razor, another staple of the scientific world, often holds true in many of these legends. The simplest answer is often the correct one. In our story, the simplest answer is that it was just a bobcat and some panic. As much as I tend to agree with the principle of Occam's razor, I'm not so sure that it applies this time. Before we speculate any further, we should probably hear all of the possibilities and speculations surrounding the vampire beast of Bladenborough, including the paranormal ones. In the purview of the paranormal, the vampire beast of Bladenborough transcends the boundaries of known wildlife, beckoning us to explore otherworldly possibilities. Some suggest the beast was a cryptid, an undiscovered creature lurking in the shadows of North Carolina, akin to the famous chupacabra, known for draining its victims of blood. Others speculate about a spectral entity, a ghostly predator bound to the land by an ancient curse or tragic event, manifesting to wreak havoc under certain conditions, or even a real-life vampire from lore. Many stories about vampires, including the legendary tale of Dracula himself, reveal that the vampire will change shapes, often taking the form of a terrifying dog or beast. Local folklore adds layers to this mystery, with tales of shape-shifting beings and forest spirits in Appalachian lore, particularly that of the Cherokee. Could the beast be a manifestation of such a spirit, a guardian of the wilderness provoked into aggression? The eerie screams heard from the townsfolk might hint at a supernatural presence, more ethereal than flesh and blood. Additionally, the intense fear and attention surrounding the events may have amplified the town's collective energy, potentially attracting or manifesting paranormal activity. In this view, the beast is not just an animal, but an entity born from the very fears and beliefs of the Bladenboro community. This taps into many theories that suggest that the human mind has the ability to manifest things into existence with simply sheer will. As we delve into these paranormal possibilities, the line between legend and reality blurs, leaving us to ponder the true nature of the vampire beast of Bladenboro. While the truth may elude us, the legend continues to captivate, a chilling reminder of the mysteries that lurk in the shadows of our world. So where does that leave us? 
As we close the chapter on the vampire beast of Bladenborough, we're left with an intriguing blend of mystery, fear, and folklore. Despite the various scientific and paranormal theories explored, the true nature of the beast remains an enigma. This legend has not only haunted the town, but has also become a part of its cultural fabric, celebrated annually through the Beast of Bladenborough Fest. This festival transforms a once terrifying memory into a community event, symbolizing the human capacity to confront our fears and transform them into shared stories. So again, where does that leave us? Para mí, I think that surely in the winter of 1954, the initial witness or witnesses of the vampire beast saw something. My guess? Um, something like a coyote with a disease like rabies. This would tick a lot of the boxes. Creepy-looking cat-like appearance caused by the disease? Check. Terrifying shriek sound? Check. Odd behavior of biting animals but not consuming them? Check. Often reported sounds of a whimpering dog? Check. But like many of the other theories, this one also has some holes in it. Like, no other towns along any potential wildlife paths reported similar incidents leading up to or following the Bladenboro nightmare. The legacy of the vampire beast of Bladenboro lives on, a testament to the enduring power of local legends in shaping the identity of a place and its people, and for now, remains in the vault. Until next time, keep asking questions and never stop searching. Cheers. Quandary Vault is written, produced, and hosted by Anthony James Valtiero. Music and audio accompaniments were provided by Dr. Tones. This episode was recorded and produced at the Blue Ridge Community College Library in Flat Rock, North Carolina. To support the podcast, visit patreon.com backslash thequandryvault.